Wolverine has enhancements, like male enhancements. What I'm saying is like penis enhancements. What I'm saying is like welcome to episode five of the Mutant Musings Evolution podcast for the beginning of March 2021. I'm Jonathan, and with me, as always, is my super expensive 2001 laptop, Patty. Remember to leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. I spend time and effort writing something clever and funny here every episode, so you should be following us on social media already. Don't let me catch you not following us. Being clever and funny is hard work, damn it. I'm gonna come to your house and kick you in the crotch. But your entertainment is important to me. Are you not entertained? Answer me, you bitch. Whoa, it's okay. Let's not get... Or feel the wrath of the patented professional Patty Payne propulsion penis punch. (laughs) That's a whole lot of pee. Oh, pee? You're in a lot of trouble if you don't follow us on social media, damn it. And speaking of trouble... Finding it hard to talk to people? I am finding it hard to talk to people. No clever stories to attract potential new friends? I have no clever stories to attract potential new friends. It's like you already know me. Suppose you could have something to say. Suppose suppositories. Wow, suppositories are a super cool new trend. Nothing catches the interest of new friends like talking about butt stuff. You're right. But aren't suppositories for delivering medicine through the rectum? Not these suppositories! Suppose suppositories have no medicinal use. Just stick them up your butt as a conversation starter. Sweet. Hey, look, they even come in different flavors. Potato, Cool Ranch, and eggplant. That's right. Suppose you had something to say. Suppose suppositories. With suppose suppositories... Never talk out of your ass again. Instead, you and your new friends will be talking your ass. Like thinking about eggplant in the ass? There's your explicit content warning. Did you just write a whole fake ad for fake suppositories? That's fantastic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. That That's what I did. Uh, kind of like the uh, butt cotton and also uh, the Cheeky Buns Law Firm. I don't know if you remember that one. It was a whole. It was a whole uh, bunch of lines with uh, butt puns, as well. Yes, I do remember that one. Yeah, I do a lot of those butt puns. Uh, I write about butt a lot, I guess. Well, you talk about what you know. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you believe we're uh, we're not getting paid for this? Yeah. I cannot. Yeah. Great. Okay. So how are you doing, Patty? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Jonathan? You're doing okay? You're doing, ju- Patty, just okay? I sure am. Just just okay. You slept for like 13 hours. I sure did, Jonathan. <laughs> you got two nights of sleep in one night, Patty, and I all sure you're doing did. is okay. <laughs> I, what can I say? I like sleeping. I don't like setting my alarm. I like living dangerously. <laughs> I cannot believe that you slept from... 11:30 p.m. until almost 1 p.m. I sure the next, did <laughs> the next day. I could I could not I started to get concerned around 12:30. Yeah, that's why my mom woke me up. I've seen I've seen you sleep until noon before, but like, you know, I feel like as long as I've known you, this is the latest that you've ever slept. And again, I just I can't wrap my head around it that you you went to bed at 11:30 and you got up at 6 which is which is in itself basically a full night's sleep, just to pee, and then you went back to bed and mm-hmm. got a second full night's sleep. I sure all did. In one. Yeah, yeah. I love sleeping. Yeah, I love sleeping too, but I also love doing other things, and so that's why I got. I, I woke up at six in the morning too, and I stayed up. I stayed up. Well, we can't all be as brave as you, Jonathan. I'm not brave. I tried to get some writing done. <clears throat> no, I, I got some writing done. Oh, and then I played A Link to the Past, and this was- Are you was, serious? Uh, I got you a fucking Switch, and you're playing A Link to the Past. Yes. <laughs> I can play A Link to the Past on it. Why? Who would not play A Link to the Past on a system when you can play A Link to the Past on a system? I haven't played that game in at least five years, and when I saw that it was on the SNES collection, I'm like, well, fuck, yeah, I'm going to play this. I haven't played this in a long time. You know, I'm near the end of the game. I'm in the Dark World. 
And there are a couple of dungeons that I really, really fucking hate in the Dark World. And it was amazing today. So, so it's the second to last dungeon. It's Turtle Rock Dungeon. Since I was a child, as far back as I can remember, I fucking hate Turtle Rock Dungeon. Like, I just, it scared the crap out of me when I was little. I've hated it as an adult. I never know, like, how prepared I should be for it. What kind of, if should I bring the fucking red potions with me or the green ones for magic? Because I know I'm going to be using a lot of magic because you got to drop the fucking staff of Samoria or however you pronounce it. I'm pronouncing it wrong. You got to drop the blocks and you got to ride the blocks around the fucking dungeon. And it's a pain in the ass and it's easy to get lost and then things get dark. And I swear to God, I beat Turtle Rock Dungeon without using one potion faster than I've ever beaten that dungeon before in my life today. It was amazing. I breezed through that dungeon, no fucking problem. All while I was asleep? Yes, while you were asleep. Patty, this took me no fucking time. No, I had I'm no proud problem. Of you. Thank you. I had no problem. At one point, I got low on health, and I was like, oh, should I use a potion? No, I'm not going to use a potion, because I walked into this room, and there was one of the fucking um, the, the evil fairies that you sprinkle the powder on, and they turn into a regular fairy. There were a couple of those, so I replenished all my health, I beat the boss, who used to also scare the shit out of me as a kid, without using one potion. It, it was it was amazing. It was fantastic. And then I'm like, okay, I'm I'm swinging my big balls around. Let me go ahead and go right to fucking Ganon's tower. And uh, and I died in Ganon's tower. <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed. I've always hated Ganon's tower too, but I feel like Turtle Rock Dungeon has given me much more, uh, many more nightmares than Ganon's tower has. And I just I got to this one part in Ganon's Tower, and I wasted my magic, and I kept taking damage, and I was like, "Fuck this! All right, I gu- I give up. We'll do it again another time." But I'm almost at the end of the game, and I beat Turtle Rock in like record time for me, and it was fantastic. I'm so proud of you. Also, in good Patty news, I got a PS5, but it's gonna take a while to actually get here. But it will be here by the time you hear this. <laughs> yeah, you'll have what games did you get with it? Did you get Dark Souls or something? <laughs> Yeah, it came in um, a bundle, and I couldn't choose, so it came with Spider-Man, which I wanted, and Dark Souls, which I don't know if I'm going to play. Yeah, I heard that I heard that game's hard. It is really hard. I tried playing the first one, I think, and I gave up after like 10 minutes. I don't know what a Dark Soul is, but I know what a Spider-Man is. <laughs> I looked up uh, some other games coming out for it, too. I looked mm-hmm. up, I just went on GameStop's website, and I looked up, like, PlayStation 5 games, yeah. and... Most of the games are, like, to be released as of March or whatever. And I'm like, ugh. So I'll get this <laughs> PlayStation that I wanted so badly and have, like, two games to play. That's fine. I mean, you know, it, maybe it'll take you a little while to get through them and then more games will be out. Yeah, it's true. I was waiting to get Assassin's Creed 2 because I didn't know if I was going to be able to get a PS5 so I can get Assassin's Creed. Well, I'm glad one of us got it for you because I was trying real fucking hard for weeks to get to a PS5, and then all of a sudden, you know, I get the screenshot. I am happy for you. I'm I'm very happy for you, and I'm sure you'll have plenty of games to play. All right, so so we got some cartoons to talk about, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're we're just about at the end of season one of X Men Evolution. The first episode we're going to talk about uh, is season one, episode eleven, Grim Reminder. Came out in April two thousand one. It felt like um. This one wasn't really too uh, important. What? Yeah. I wasn't crazy about it. I feel like, um, I don't feel like it like affected the plot, maybe. Maybe it was just kind of like a filler episode or something. That's kind of how I felt about it. Patty. Jonathan. You have been complaining since episode one about the chicken fights between <laughs> Logan and Sabretooth. And now you've got some answers and now you're like, oh, this wasn't but important. It wasn't really like answers it was just that they were both experimented on at the same facility but that isn't really like a reason to me (laughs) i don't know it's not like Sabretooth experimented on wolverine well they did back in college but that's a different (laughs) oh man that was good this is all about mr logan mr logan mr logan i can't do a kitty impression i can't but but to be honest with you, but I, I mean I liked it. I, I like I, I said like I I kind of like Wolverine in this show. You know he's not like the main focus, but he's a good supporting character. 
and he doesn't seem like super fucking scummy and yelling things like egg sucking gutter trash, like from X-Men, the animated series, you know, like, you know, he's still full of rage and berserker and stuff, but he's also like calmer and cooler and more helpful. So I, uh, I don't know. I, I like Logan probably out of any of the X-Men cartoons, aside from Australian Wolverine, who is <laughs> the best cartoon Wolverine. This is my next favorite. But yeah, so this, this episode is about Logan, you know? I mean, he's, he's having nightmares about, you know, being in a tube. Oh, he was born in a tube, like an incubator. <laughs> Chicken fights? There's your tie-in. <laughs> yeah, Logan was hatched from an egg, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but so the thing is is like this this episode is you know it's it features no it's it's all about logan but it features kitty heavily and and some kurt too but i really like how it got a bit of a spotlight on kitty you know trying to get out of bed phasing her hand through the alarm clock to turn it off and she's so tired she just phases through the bathroom door and rogue is in there not going to the bathroom just you know like brushing her hair and stuff and getting ready. And so, you know, she's like telling this story about like her life at the Institute by, I don't know if it's an email or if she's typing out a letter that she's going to print and send to her parents. But anyway, she's got a laptop because let's be real. This is 2001 and laptops back then cost a couple of thousand dollars, but they live in a mansion. So of course, Kitty has a laptop. Of course she does. Uh, and yeah, and so, you know, she's annoyed because she can't find any peace and quiet. She's like, it's tr- I have trouble finding a quiet place to write, which is okay when Mr. Logan is around. He doesn't want to talk to any- anybody. And he's reading the newspaper and looks at her and sees she's looking at him. He's like, ah, oh, what's the matter, half pint? Am I reading too loud for you? <laughs> I even like his voice, you know? It's a nice, it's a nice man voice. You know, it's gruff, but it's not too gruff. But, you know, everyone barges in, they're all eating breakfast, and then something on the news is about Mount McKenna, and it looks like some campsite was trashed. And then, you know, Logan starts growling and grumbling to himself and holding his head and being weird and walking off. And Kitty is still walking around trying to find a quiet place to write her freaking letter and ends up on the Blackbird, (laughs) which... Okay, and then she's like, oh, I have to finish this before Kurt pops in. He does that a lot, and it's annoying. And then as she says that, Kurt pops into the plane, and she he's like, oh, where are we going? You're going to be late for school. Scott's driving us. And then the airplane starts moving, and they're like, what? Uh-oh, road trip. Yeah, so, you know, Logan, Logan is... is- you know, having issues with these with nightmares or whatever, and then the headaches from the news. So, you know, he asks Xavier to help him out, and Xavier's like, these are repressed memories. And so Logan decides he's going to take the Blackbird and go to Mount McKenna. And so that's when, you know, Kitty is on the Blackbird trying to get some quiet, and Kurt goes to get her, but then all of a sudden they're in the air. So this was addressed in the comics actually a few times, but I feel like people have forgotten it over the years, different writers, because, I mean, let's be honest, nobody's going to remember every single fact about every character, that he 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 can teleport at the same velocity he's moving, so he can't teleport when he's falling out of the sky. If he's, like, falling, he can't teleport to the ground. He'll land at the same force that he's falling from where the beginning point is. Yeah. So that's why he wouldn't be able to teleport them out of the airplane. Yeah. He didn't explain it exactly like that, but he kind of said something <laughs> about like, that's why we can't, I can't teleport us out of here. Yeah. Well, he was sort of like, picture this, like, like boom, 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 splat. <laughs> that's, how he, <laughs> that's how he explains it here. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a good enough way of explaining it. And he was like, uh, too high up moving too fast or, or something like that after his boom boom splat um explanation but you know i mean it was an important point to make because you know one would immediately think all right this dude could teleport them out and that's not quite how it works if they're traveling a few hundred miles an hour another thing that i liked is kitty does clearly speak like a valley girl in the show talking like a valley girl doesn't necessarily mean that one is dumb 
but there's a stereotype. Let's be honest there. There's a stereotype there. But canonically in the comics, uh, Kitty Pride is a genius. She is extremely intelligent. And this was a very interesting little thing that I caught. I am no scientist. I'm, I'm not a science guy. I believe science. I believe that it, <laughs> I believe science over lots of other things, but I I imagine that astrophysics is a difficult segment of science, right? So Kurt mentioned to Kitty uh, something about her having an astrophysics test that day. So yeah, so Kitty and Kurt decide to let Logan know that they're there, and he starts losing his shit and almost slices Kurt, but he locks himself in the cockpit because like he realizes he's not in control. There's there's something there's something going on. Oh no. Wolverine, he's being controlled? That can't happen. Not to our yeah. Wolverine. <laughs> you know, this is the first time that it ever happened in Wolverine's history. It was in this cartoon uh that they invented this trope of Wolverine being mind controlled. Everybody that has done it since then has stolen it from uh from X-Men Evolution. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we see that there's uh, the scientist from Wolverine's uh, repressed memories uh, apparently left a chip in his brain. And uh, Sabretooth is there, too. He's hanging out with the scientist, and he calls Victor Bigfoot and then tells him <laughs> to go greet, greet Logan. Uh, so, so here's the thing. I'm, again, I'm no scientist. I'm no science guy. I believe in science. Uh, but So you put a chip in his brain... I don't know how this would work, but Wolverine has a healing factor. Wouldn't that chip be kind of like pushed out or healed out or, or something? I, I don't know. It seems like a silly point to bring up, but I, I did think about that. I'm like, how could a chip just be chilling inside of his brain? Maybe it like healed around it. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so Sabretooth and Wolverine fight. Uh, big surprise there. What? But Logan is is struggling because the scientist is like turning the this dial up that I guess is like putting the science dial, know, the science dial. We're turning science up to eleven. <laughs> oh man! All right, so so Wolverine's struggling, and then they get him back to the facility, and the scientist mentions that the enhancements that Logan has represent quite a financial investment that, you know, what that he's weapon X, the ultimate mutant slayer. And he's going to send the ultimate mutant slayer to, to kill Kitty and Kurt because he sees them on camera trying to follow Logan. Um, so, so basically Logan is being remote controlled at this point. So Logan and Victor are chasing after the kids. And it, I mean, it was really sweet though. You know, I mean, it's like it's like this nice nod to like Kitty and Logan's relationship in the comics, how she was trying to like reason with him and like break through instead of like trying to actually fight him, which she could have done. I mean, she can turn intangible. I know she's not like a ninja in this show, but you know, she could have tried to fight him and instead she was trying to reason with him and it was like really sad and like really sweet. She kept running though and I I was like why is she like running though? She can just face through him back and forth and then he can't do anything to her. And she can also face her hand through his head so it breaks the chip. But she didn't know that the chip was in there. See, I thought oh. I thought about that. I thought about that too. I'm like, "Oh, she can Oh, she doesn't know that she that it's that it's there." Cuz I mean, we only find out that it's there from the scientist. But yeah, so I mean, they kind of split up. Kitty's running away from Logan and Kurt is looking for Kitty. And it's funny because he's in the forest. Kitty? Kitty? And you hear Victor go, meow. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my favorite thing about this episode. Yeah, that was fantastic. Sabretooth needs to say that more often in this show. Because I need to hear that voice say meow. Because that was good. Sabretooth is a cat boy. If you had any <laughs> any doubt in your mind, Victor Creed is an anime-loving weeaboo cat boy. Absolutely. I dig it. Anyway. So, so, yeah, eventually it seems like Kitty finally gets through, and regardless of how much the science dial is being turned up, <laughs> <laughs> Logan, Logan is, is breaking free of the control and, you know, runs to the facility that's nearby, and, you know, Victor... Kicks science right in the ass. You know, Victor follows him, 
and and sees that Logan has made it inside and fucking scientist guy who by the way I'm certain is supposed to be Dr. Cornelius although it's never mentioned he's just evil science guy uh yells Victor get down here and protect me and like I just I wanted to see this guy get gutted so bad he was sh- so shitty they like like they didn't really give anything to him you know even when Logan asked about like the financial investment he's like oh by who and you know science guy is just like you mean you don't know? And he just turns his science dial and pushes his science button. <laughs> like, and just says evil science fucking things. You know, like, this guy is just, like, like stereotypical evil trope person. And I just yeah. wanted to see him gutted so bad. Um, but he looked like Cornelius, who's a shithead. So fuck I this guy. I don't know who that is. Yeah, the, the fucking science guy from the comics. <laughs> the science guy from the comics. Oh, that what? one. The one that the the one that was in charge of the tests on on Logan uh, okay, originally. Well, I don't remember his name or what he looks like. Yeah. So obviously, Kitty and Kurt follow follow them all to the facility too, and it was great. Science guy unleashes some robots. Kitty runs through them, sees this huge ass control panel for the computer and evil science dial, and literally dives into it. Uh, and that was so cool because then it all starts fucking exploding. And then, you know, so Logan is standing there and Kitty's like, we got to get out of here. And Kurt's like, you'll find no argument from me and grabs Kitty and teleports out of there, but doesn't grab Logan. Now, I know Logan has the healing factor and could probably survive this explosion, which spoilers, he does anyway. But why not teleport the guy out of there (laughs) with you? He's your friend. You came all this way. Maybe he was too far away. Patty, they were standing feet away from each other. Well... Jonathan, they're they're in Canada now. Feet mean nothing to them. <laughs> <laughs> Patty, that is an excellent point. That Thank is you. A, that is that's science right there. Or whatever the metric equivalent of science is, that's what that is. Anyway, no, I think it was so Logan could say this really badass line. Project Weapon X has been terminated. That's what he says. That's what that's what he says. And then everything explodes and uh, you know, Logan comes out from the fucking wreckage and and he's okay. He wakes up in the mansion. Xavier says they found and removed the chip and and he'll be okay. And Kitty finishes typing her letter to her parents and it was a really sweet sweet ending to this episode. It really was. It really was. She's like, you know, sometimes it's hectic around here, but that's what it's like when you're part of a family. Remember parents? Remember, you know, the family <laughs> that I, I left <laughs> to come to this family? Yeah, this family. Yeah, I was going to say, that must re- feel great for your family. Like, hey, guys, I replaced you. See you in 50 years at your funeral. Whatever. Listen, they don't have an annoying teenager around the house anymore. They can make more children. You know what I mean? That's true. Patty, make more mutants. You know, it's one yeah. of the laws. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I have else to say that i haven't already said but i did like this episode i like logan's portrayal in this show this episode was a lot of silliness you know coming from from the the villains and you know that's not logan's fault and logan did spend a lot of time in this episode grumbling and growling and holding his head and doubling over but you know i liked how how kitty was was trying to be there for him. And there were some real sweet sort of touching moments. I thought it was cute how she kept calling him Mr. Logan the whole time. Mr. Logan. Mr. Logan. Who does that? She does. And that's why we love Kitty. I used to just call everybody older than me Mr. Whatever. So when I got my first job, I was so uncomfortable like the first month because I had to call my boss James. And he was like, almost 30. I was like, can I call you Mr. James? <laughs> he was like, absolutely <laughs> the fuck not. <laughs> and I was like, can I call you Mr. your last name? And he was like, no, my name is James. I'm like 11 years older than you. I was like, no, but you're like an adult. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's funny. So there you go. So you can identify with Kitty. Um, everybody identifies with Kitty. Kitty's great. Kitty's fucking great in this show. Yeah, I love her. What What did you think of this episode? I mean, I think, uh, like I said before, it was kind of like non-consequential, inconsequential. Yeah. But it was still like, okay. 
I did feel like it was kind of like a filler episode because it didn't contribute to like an like an over overall story. But I mean, it was kind of like, I guess, like a one shot or something. But I, I am glad that they kind of paid tribute to this relationship that Kitty had with Logan, because I've always really liked that, that she he kind of just like adopted her immediately as a daughter figure. Yeah. I, even at this point in 2001, you know, Wolverine was was extremely popular. Oh, yeah. The X-Men movie had come out and, you know, obviously the character Wolverine was like the breakout star. He basically was the star of that movie. It was essentially Wolverine and the X-Men, the movie. Yeah. And so, you know, they're going to touch on Logan's past in the cartoon. They always do. And so this is a way to do it. And without harping on it too much, you know, they, they got it done for the most part in one episode. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't remember how much this comes back or how much it's expanded on, but I, I was fine with it. I, I was fine. I know it took it took some liberties. It didn't get real deep into the Weapon X program, but as like a one-shot episode, I was fine with it. I liked it. So, Project Weapon X has been terminated, but do you think it'll be Bach? Boo, that was awful and you should feel bad. Do you think Victor has more than just a big foot what i'm saying is like penis enhancement don't go anywhere right meow folks we'll be right back after the commercial break and now a word from our sponsor hey there friends say do you have any geeky hobbies boy howdy do i ever no need to get vulgar there son all you need is a trip to this here internet website geeky.com it's the bee's knees. Jeepers! A whole website? No fooling? Golly! Hey kid, watch your goddamn mouth. That's right, Junior. Geekade.com has articles and podcasts about all manner of geeky topics. From comic books and video games, to movies and TV shows, to Transformers and anime, Geekade.com is a real gas. Boy, oh boy! It looks like Geekade.com even has YouTube and Twitch channels! Jiminy Crickets! Geekade.com sounds just swell! That sounded like Mickey Mouse at the end. <laughs> oh, boy! Kid, if you don't watch the language, I'm gonna bust your fucking mouth open. That's right, lad. Geekade.com sure has something for every geek. You head straight over there to Geekade.com now, then. No dilly-dallying. I'll be there in a jiffy! Ow, my shoulder! Check out Geekade.com today. We now return to your regularly scheduled programming. Oh, boy! (laughs) So, uh, next up, we're talking about the final two episodes of the season. Uh, Season 1, episode 12 is the Cauldron Part 1, two-part season finale. Woohoo! Yeah, they came out in May of 2001. So there were there were a couple of things that I very much liked about the season finale and one enormous thing that we touched on last episode uh about Magneto that I did not like. <laughs> Something massive about Magneto, please tell me more. <laughs> it's his cape, Patty. Oh. Oh. Uh it's actually about his giant balls. Oh. They're just these big fucking orbs. Oh, good. Very, very spherical. So, uh, so, so Gene and Scott pull up. Scott's excited for the weekend. And Gene hears something rustling in the bushes and goes to check and goes, Kitty, you climbing trees again? I thought that was cute. <laughs> and fucking, it's Toad. Toad? Toad is attacking Gene Gray. Toad. I don't care what universe. That wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Toad is not is not the one to attack Jean Grey. I mean, why not pick on somebody who's, like, not as strong as her? Yeah. And, like, you know, this is teen Jean. Not fully developed fucking Omega-level telepath Jean. And, but still, she ends up tossing him down a well. You know, he grabs a branch and tries swinging it at her. He can't even swing <laughs> it. She's stopping him. And she finally throws him down a fucking well. And this is when one of those big metal balls comes to pick her up. And we got more tentacles. 
tentacles pull her in and toad is yelling it should have been me and you know we don't know what's going on yet it's weird and then we cut away to something completely unrelated there is a blonde boy on a surfboard and this is your context clue because you see the trees and the beach and the surf and the blonde and someone yells alex and i'm like our himbo yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's hawaii so it's it's alex and a shark attacks Alex, but... And he just stays underwater to fight it when he develops his powers. Yep. Why would he fight a shark if he didn't think he... If he didn't know he had powers? You you get the fuck out of there. Well, I mean, how how was he going to get out of there? He had a surfboard. I don't know. You, you try something. I don't know. I don't know how to fight a shark. I've never had to <laughs> look into it. You hit him in the nose. I think I knew that. Is that true? Do you it do is the true. Same thing with bears, Patty. No, don't hit a bear in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> How do you Patty, hit a bear, Patty? I beg you, I beg you. If you remember anything that I've ever told you, okay, don't try to hit a bear in the nose. <laughs> you don't fight a bear. You could, you could do. Uh, well, I mean, okay, I could be wrong, but I'm going to ask you personally, you Patty, to please not try to hit a bear in the nose. Okay. You try making yourself appear bigger than the bear by like putting your arms up too. Or you play dead. But yeah, yeah, no, sharks hate getting hit in the nose. But anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, Alex is underwater. He's panicking. He doesn't know what to do. And then, you know, his hands glow red and he holds his hands out and it blasts a shark and the shark swims away. Yeah, so, okay, so Cerebro is apparently done after getting wrecked by the juggernaut. And Logan walks in on Xavier finding this new mutant reading. And he realizes, like, oh, this is Alex Masters, a.k.a. Alex Summers. And Logan is like, I thought Scott was the only one who survived that plane crash. And Xavier is like, so did I, and so does Scott. We're going to Hawaii. And, uh, yeah, Magneto takes a trip there, too. And is doing this really fucking creepy thing that Avalanche tried to pull on Kitty in their first appearance about how he is the only one who can help and how he understands. And it sucks. It sucks that Magneto gets to him first. We don't really know much about Magneto in this show yet, what his purpose is. Uh, but we know that we haven't seen his face fully because he's constantly in the shadows. Which is a bad sign. It's a bad sign. And he also tried to perform some science experiments on baby Kurt. So that's probably not good either. So yeah, then we cut to Scott finding out about his little brother. And his instinct is to beat himself up for not looking for him this whole time. And I swear to God, that is such an amazing characterization of Scott because that is the first thing he would do. Would be like, what? My brother's alive? Oh my God. I could have been looking for him. I should have been looking for him this whole time. And Xavier is like, he's okay. He's been living with his foster parents. And, you know, we got to go. We got to go get to him. But honestly, living in Hawaii for like 10 years or whatever the fuck... That's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. Listen, if you tell me that I have to fall out of a burning plane and I get to live in Hawaii for 10 years, I'm jumping right the fuck out of that burning plane. I absolutely will. Absolutely will. And we should give it back to Hawaii since we stole it and then it doesn't have to be part of America anymore. True. All right, so so here's the thing, though. So Xavier suspects that they're not going to be the only ones trying to get to Alex, right? But literally the only ones on this trip are Xavier, Logan, and Scott. They should have brought somebody else. They absolutely should have brought somebody else. Yeah, because like Rogue and Nightcrawler and uh, Spike and Kitty were like walking to to get onto the Blackbird and it's already gone. And they're like, what the fuck? And they're all in their like fucking beach clothes. That was cute. Because <laughs> they wanted to go to Hawaii and... They were like, well, hey, Hawaii isn't the only beach. So they all go on a beach trip and they try to find Jean and they can't find Jean. So they left her a note, which I'm like, that's mean. I don't know. I mean, it need, they, they, they needed to advance the plot somehow. So they leave a note for Jean. And then outside of the, the Institute, there's this cat. Uh, and once all the kids have left, uh, Mystique gets on the phone and you can hear Lance's voice say, like, copy or something. I don't know. But she tells Lance that they're on the move. So so Scott doesn't know about Magneto yet. Nobody does except for Logan and Charles. 
Logan and Charles do. And so the thing is, is like, you know, when they get to the beach, I, I would I would have imagined that Logan would have been able to smell Magneto. Never mind the footprints suddenly disappearing, alluding to somebody floating away. I just, you know, I feel like they, they didn't touch on Logan's, you know, heightened sense of smell here. And to be honest with you, same thing about uh, Grim Reminder, the last episode. He didn't smell Kurt and Kitty in the in the Blackbird, you know, kind of stowed away in the back. So I, I thought that was kind of silly. I'm being nitpicky, but that's something that I thought about. So yeah, so basically, you know, Charles is like, show yourself, and Magneto does. He's like, okay, fuck your ride, Charles, and just sends, <laughs> sends the plane off as Logan goes and runs after it. Yeah, he tries, like, gripping on the plane with his fucking claws. Yeah. And Magneto's like, Mr. Logan, are you serious? And just Mr. Fucking, Logan. fucking yeets him into the ocean. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, this is enough of a distraction for Scott because then, boom, there's Alex all of a sudden. And Alex and Scott are getting acquainted with themselves alone. And it's a really, it's a cute reunion, you know? I mean, the music's happy. They run and they hug each other. They're all smiles. Like, oh, what happened? Scott's like, oh, what happened to the, you know, the kid that I used to pick on? And Alex punches him in the arm and is like, oh, I've owed you that for 10 years. And Alex starts talking about Magneto and Scott's like, whoa, what? He just like kidnapped my professor. And Alex is like, whoa, whoa, you got him all wrong. You know, he he wants to help us. He wants to show us something, you know, and like he makes a lot of sense and he understands me. And, it, you know, it just literally sounds like a cult leader, you know, somebody who has gaslit this kid into believing that he's, you know, wholesome um, and that he doesn't have any ulterior motives. And, uh, you know, I mean, the viewer knows and, you know, obviously Xavier and Logan do too. But, you know, Scott's Scott has literally just been reunited with Alex and Alex is already getting brainwashed by Magneto's bullshit. Um, and Alex wants Scott to come with him and Scott's worried about this brother who's he's just been reunited with. So they agree to go in, one of those fucking orbs, and they fly away. And in the meantime, you know, uh, Magneto's in control of the Blackbird, and like like you said, yeets Logan off of it. But, you know, Xavier is, is like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And Magneto, you know, and now here's here's where we're sort of, sort of getting the contrast in the comics to Xavier's thinking and Magneto's thinking. It's certainly not fully fleshed out yet, but Magneto is saying, I'm taking steps to ensure our survival. Humankind will learn of us and fear us. And what man fears, he tramples. So it's just a, it's a couple of sentences. It's a couple of sentences, but he's not wrong. You know, he's not wrong. And, and it's, you know, that's a simplified version of Magneto's thinking in, in the comics. Now, you know, since the beginning, mutants haven't been exactly hidden away as they have been in this show. In the comics, yeah, okay, so they lived in the mansion, but humans were aware that mutants existed. They didn't necessarily know, oh, well, there, there's mutant headquarters address, but they knew mutants existed. In this show, it's a bit different. From what we understand so far, humans have no knowledge of mutants so far. And so kind of Xavier is keeping them all closeted and keeping them all completely hidden away from humanity. Yeah, so there's like no chance for acceptance and usually you know acceptance comes very gradually over the decades and is slight legislation every couple decades to say (laughs) no you can't kill these people anymore you can't fire these people because they're different etc etc and magneto is like no fuck that shit I literally saw my family get killed for being different. And so and so that's the thing that they don't address here, at least not yet. I don't remember if they do. I hope they do, but that's not addressed at all here. But yeah, I mean what you're saying absolutely. Like, you know, uh Magneto's trying to take this preemptive approach to it and Xavier is like like no, they'll they'll accept us. We have to we have to be united and talk to them. And so, you know, it's kind of brief, but the whole idea is to is to get to what Magneto's plan is. Because, again, this whole season, we don't know exactly what Magneto's about. So right now, 
we get a little bit of where his ideology is at, but we don't know what his plan is yet. Um, so anyway, as, as the kids are driving to the beach, the Brotherhood are driving in their Jeep behind them and they attack. They don't see the blob right in front of the car, so he, they, Kurt crashes the car right into the blob. And then, you know, so now you've got the Brotherhood attacking the kids. And then Logan washes up to the shore and Sabretooth shows up on the beach and attacks Logan. It's like a survival of the fittest, and whoever is better at fighting gets to join Asteroid M. Yeah, yeah, because that's where Magneto is taking the Blackbird with Charles in it. He calls it Sanctuary Asteroid M, and he's pitting mutant against mutant, and whoever wins gets a place on Asteroid M. And this is a place where mutants can fully realize their abilities. And so Xavier is like, no, we can introduce ourselves to humankind as friends, and Magneto's like, you're an idealist, I'm a realist. We need to be prepared. Yep. So anyway, so then there's the beach fight. And I honestly, I I wasn't a huge fan of how only one of the X-Men was victorious, and the other three lost. But I guess it makes sense to have more of the villains of the show alongside Magneto up on Asteroid M, because... After Kitty phases through the blob, she's, like, grossed out and passes out. <laughs> Quicksilver literally buries Evan in the sand. And, yeah, Rogue wins by um, slamming Toad's tongue uh, in the car door. And he hits the car. <laughs> Poor Toad never wins. No. No, I, I just I couldn't believe that. So we find out why uh, Mystique the cat is at the Institute, and it's because Mystique is going to fight Storm. That's a stupid idea. Yeah, it is a stupid idea. It's a real stupid idea. Now, what was great about this, though, is we got to see Mystique herself in action. Like, as a fucking... She is a gymnast of a combatant. It was fantastic watching her flip around and, you know, prepare her stance. But, bitch, what are you going to do to Storm? Like, you're not... You're not going to beat Storm. And she doesn't. It it was, you know, and I feel like Storm was nerfed a little bit here too. But even with that, she gets tired of the fight. And, you know, you see the whirlwind whipping up her hair. She's like, I don't know why you have chosen to attack me. And in truth, I don't much care. This is my home and you are not welcome here. And she creates this dense fog and then runs through it and decks Mystique in the fucking face. That was a great Uh, moment. Uh, But then Storm gets taken by one of Magneto's balls. You know, so up on Asteroid M, Xavier's like, what happens to those who won't come willingly? And so you see Magneto has the X-Men in stasis tubes. And he's like, you've abducted them. And then, you know, to add insult to injury, Scott and Alex appear. And Magneto's like, for every unbeliever, there's a new convert. And so you can see the pain in Xavier's face that Scott you know, willingly joins, you know, Magneto on Asteroid M. And he's there with Alex. They're, they've been reunited. And, you know, I mean, Xavier is is at least somewhat shitty, no matter what universe you're in. But you can see the pain in his face. I'm like, damn, you know, like, this is his fucking boy. This is his protege. This is Scott Summers. Willingly said, all right, let's go see what Magneto has to say. And so, so this episode, you know, fine. Okay, so we're seeing some ideas that like like you brought up last time that apocalypse would have survival of the fittest and you know so there's a, an inkling of that that's what I, th- I thought about that again with this like battle too and like whoever is victorious gets to come here yeah and so i'm okay with that i'm 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 okay with that um for for you know purposes of the plot but things go off the rails in magneto's methods in part two of this, the actual season finale, episode 13, The Cauldron Part 2. And we touched on it last time, and I'm certain it's going to come back around again even more so this time about what is not okay with the methods that Magneto in particular is employing. So the the kids are stuck on the beach with Toad because they all lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Toad tells them about Magneto's contest. And Kurt's like, well, what happens to the winners? Scott is pissed when he sees the tubes, but Magneto is like, oh, we need to proceed cautiously. And so, and so here's the thing. 
we can glean that Xavier and Magneto have some sort of a history. They talk to each other with some sort of familiarity here. So they have a history. And we know that Scott has no idea about Magneto at all. So two things here. First, Xavier should have warned them about Magneto. That's the very first thing. Absolutely should have warned them about Magneto in case this day ever came, and he didn't. Second of all, second mistake Charles Xavier made was right at this moment. He needs to close his eyes, concentrate very hard, and touch his head to telepathically talk to Scott. He is giving physical cues to Magneto that he is telepathically talking to Scott. So Magneto doesn't need to know what Xavier is saying, but basically Magneto knows that Xavier is up to no good. So he throws Xavier in his stasis tube before he can say everything he needs to say to Scott. Like Xavier needed to be a little bit more casual about his telepathic conversation with Scott to warn him. It's, it reminds me of, um, remember that like just a few episodes ago, when all the kids found out that Mystique was the headmaster of their school. Yes. Like, and Xavier was like, okay, I know. I'm sorry I fucked up. It will never happen again. I'll tell you the truth about everything from now on. And now there's this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and this is a real big deal. This is like a, you know, this is like a a potential global threat. Not your high school principal being a possible child murderer. (laughs) Um, I mean, both are a big deal, but one is clearly a bigger deal than the other one. Anyway, before Xavier goes under in stasis, he gets a message off to Logan to lose the fight. So fine. Uh, Logan throws the fight. He loses uh, Magneto's balls. Come pick up Sabretooth. So the kids all arrive home to a trash mansion with Toad. And this is funny because Toad is like, oh, man, you guys live like slobs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, funny. And Mystique shows up and Toad goes like, if you're here, you're a loser, too. (laughs) (laughs) He's got some of the best lines. I love Toad in this show. He's so good. Oh, me too. This is the best Toad we've ever had. Um, Yeah. I have to say, though, I don't know why I noticed it like this episode. I don't know if it's the way that she talks in this show or her voice itself or what, but Mystique in this show reminds me a lot of Electra from Pose. You know what? I can hear it. I, I can hear it. Like like she's a bitch, but she's like confident bitch. <laughs> yeah, but also like um, purposeful but not forceful in her language all the time. But Electra, you know, it's almost like regal to the point of the point of silliness, like almost like it's, it's funny sometimes. So yeah. So Raven is pissed because, you know, I mean, it's not like she hasn't proved herself enough to Magneto. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have even had to take place in this competition. Yeah. So she wants to go after Magneto. um, And Logan shows up and is like, we're all going and Mystique is like, all right, but I'm calling the shots. And Logan's like, all right, get your own ride. <laughs> so Mystique is pissed. And she's like, fine, but I expect to be consulted. So apparently they have this prototype like helicopter thing that's made of all plastic. And so they're going to give it a test run. And that's how they're going to go find Magneto. So yeah, so we get another touching moment between Scott and Alex with the flashback of, you know, falling out of the plane. You see that Scott's parachute um, got burned up a little bit. He said that he hit his head real hard. He was in a coma for like a month um, and he thought he was the only one who made it. Alex talks about how the doctors haven't been able to help him with his hands hurting, but Magneto has. And so this is when we get the full story about Magneto's plan, right? And possibly where they decided to get the name X-Men Evolution from. Because Magneto mentions Evolution a couple of times uh, with, with this reveal, right? He's got a genetic enhancer, the next step in mutant evolution. So the gems of of Ciderac, right? Fine. So they hold mystical properties. Um, and Alex is like, you're going to nuke us? And Magneto's like, I'm going to evolve you and finish your growth. No hiding behind the visor to Scott. No more pain to Alex. And Magneto's like, I won't force you to go through it. And I think it was Alex that's like, why don't you go through it? And Magneto's like, I already did. My issue here is, is with his methods. You know, now this is something that, you know, Apocalypse would do or Mr. Sinister would do. This is not Magneto trying to achieve perfection, 
trying to perfect the mutant race, if you will, as somebody as somebody many decades ago tried to perfect the human race, you know, the Aryan race, if you will. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That's that's exactly what I was saying last time too. Yeah, that's that's basically what this is and uh I mean, first of all, Magneto is all about mutants. He wouldn't think that there is a second step. He wouldn't think that there is a need to get quote unquote perfect because mutants already are perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. They are the next step in evolution. You don't need an enhancer. We don't need yeah, no. Because see, here's the thing. A, a couple of scenes after this, Scott and Alex do go through it. And the thing is, is they come out looking the same. They've got the gray hair. They're muscular, you know? Like blonde haired, blue eyed boys, good German boys. You know what I mean? Like they have come- like white hair. Yeah, like come on. They looked so old. I know, but I, I, yeah, no, they they did, they they did. But the point that I'm getting at is like they came out looking the same. Magneto, Alex, and Scott all looked similar. This is evolution where everybody looks similar because you know that was Hitler's goal. Like, come on, guys. I don't know. There were just there were too many parallels that I could draw between Hitler's methods and Magneto's methods than I should be able to draw. Um, I really did not like this. Again, like this this episode still had like its its good points, but they they really dropped the ball with Magneto's methods this episode. Yeah, um and when they got out of the machine, you know, Charles was screaming when they were in there like, "No, he's going to take over your mind." And they did. They came out like completely brainwashed. Yeah. I don't know. Brainwash seems to be um Xavier's ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a fascist leader. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, essentially, you know, the chamber that Magneto has set up does change, uh, does brainwash Scott and Alex. Magneto dubs Alex Havoc. Scott can take off his glasses um, and has control over his beams. But, you know, Wolverine and the X-Men show up. Magneto can't grab the helicopter because it's plastic. But Scott and Alex go fucking attack and the copter crashes into the base and I love Mystique coming out the top of the helicopter and goes knock, knock, and she jump kicks him. And and it was great. And so, yeah, this is a lot of fighting. And, you know, I, I do, I, I enjoy all the action. I really do. I loved, you know, again, Mystique seeing her in a- action, Magneto tossing metal blades at her and Raven dodging them to even her brief fight with Storm. Like, that's the Raven that, that we know. Um, and I thought that that was cool. I do like... Even Toad helping. <laughs> he, he he helped out Logan, you know? Um, and I think Lance saw it too. So when they, you know, the whole fucking asteroid is breaking apart because of all the fighting and Lance even questions Toad, like, whose side are you on? He goes, the side that lives. But he helped out the X-Men in, in all of this. And Xavier and Jean, you know, the stasis tubes have been broken open. Xavier and Jean are trying to find Scott and Alex under the rubble. Eventually they do, but Scott is angry at Xavier and Jean for ruining all this. And he's like shouting about how he's evolved. No more training, no more hurdles. Jean is like, really, Scott? Are you the future? If you are, I don't want any part of it. And Xavier, But Xavier says this, and I do agree. Mutants shouldn't be divided, but we didn't draw the line. Magneto did. And then he rolls away, but Logan is like, what about the boys? And Xavier's like, they'll do what they must. And I was like, they'll do what they must? The place is breaking apart. Boulders are fucking falling. They were just buried under rubble. I get that they're brainwashed. But are you really going to let the two of them? Are you going to leave them behind to potentially be buried and killed on this asteroid? That does sound like an Xavier thing to do. (laughs) But still, I hated seeing that in action. I'm so mad. I'm like, wow, fucking wow, bro. You're just going to leave them to possibly die? Oh, man. Yeah, so Scott and Alex run towards the Blackbird. They fall, and they grab each other's hands, and that was sweet. And they blast the ground to slow the fall. The asteroid explodes, but two orbs come from it. So spoilers, Mystique and Magneto are still out there. Yes. After the explosion, though, since that enhancer was destroyed, Scott and Alex go back to normal. And so Scott apologizes to everyone and says that he made 
bad choices. And Xavier was like, you know, oh, they're misinformed choices. Alex is happy to have his brother back. Xavier says something about how his powers will naturally come. And if you'll now allow us, we'll be there to help all of us unified because we are the X-Men. And then shot of all of them, fade to black and scene. And that was it for the season. So, I mean, I kind of liked the introduction of Alex in these episodes, you know, as a cute surfer dude uh, who's happy to see his brother, but has been misinformed by Magneto, thinking that Magneto's on the right side of things and convinces Scott to come along. I liked the action. You know, this whole whoever's the most fit will be at Magneto's side. All right, fine. I can I can deal with that. That's how Magneto wants to get his acolytes. Let him do it. Um, so there was a lot of great action, a lot of great fighting. And in the end, he picked none of them for his acolytes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of laying out the ideology a little bit. You know, that that you contrast from Magneto to Xavier, where, where they both are in their beliefs. Okay. But yeah, this, uh, again, I'm, I don't want to harp on it too much because I'm going to be saying the same things over and over again. But the fact that Magneto had this fucking genetic enhancer um, to perfect mutants. Uh, yeah, no, not for Magneto. But it was kind of weird, too, because you see Sabretooth and Mystico in there, and they came out looking like monsters. Oh, yeah, Mystique looked gross. She did. She did look gross. Sabretooth looked even grosser. He looked more like a Bigfoot than he did before. Anyway, I don't know. What did you think about this episode? I mean, I thought it was cute that we got, uh, you know, the Summer Brothers together. The whole time I was like, everything is going on, and where is Jean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I I expressed my opinions about the Magneto thing this episode and last episode more so, but I thought they were pretty good. Um, Also, like seeing, you know, the Brotherhood, even if they're even if they weren't like on the same side up until there, they were kind of still a little working together to kind of escape. And also, I still have a big crush on Lance. (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah i thought these episodes were good and they i I mean i can't believe this whole time we weren't even introduced to magneto and he didn't even tell the kids about magneto like i don't know that seems really stupid and dangerous just like if he didn't tell them about like i don't know if like legion was in the show or something that like legion existed i agree it's crazy it's crazy to think that in um the cauldron part one when they touch down on the beach and cyclops like who's magneto yeah (laughs) bro what (laughs) uh and so that's the thing like you know as as nice as xavier can seem sometimes and we know this from the comics too it's just it's weird to see it done in in, in a different universe um that as nice as he can be sometimes that he's still a shit and I don't know if that was the writer's intentions to make him this, this <laughs> shit. Uh, really, you know, like keeping the truth from them about Raven and then coming clean and saying that, you know, he'll do better, but still not telling them about Magneto leaving, potentially leaving Scott and Alex behind on the asteroid as it was crumbling, possibly for them to die. Would Gene would Gene be okay with that? Like, would Logan be okay? He said it's a Logan. Would Logan be okay with that? Like, man, it's just it's it's nuts what they decided to just kind of let slide in in this show. And I wonder if the writers did it on purpose or not. I don't or if know. They didn't even realize that they were making him into a deck. Like what happened in the comics. Yeah. I don't know if all of the things that he did were supposed to have been shitty, but they definitely come across as shitty if you read into them even a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. So I don't know what the intention was. Uh, Either way. I mean, it's okay. Cause it's like, should we really be surprised by Xavier's actions? No, it's not. It's, it's no, Uh, but altogether, I mean, this first season was okay. I did some things well, and it did some things not so well. We just talked. We just talked about it. How you know Xavier's hypocritical actions were not done particularly well. This Magneto conducting experiments in the genetic enhancer not done well. You know, we discussed too uh, in Lance's and Fred's introductions that abusive, fucking toxic, masculine behavior 
is not okay, but the the characters for the most part are great and yeah. a lot of fun. Kurt, it's it's incredible to see him so scared in his first appearance, getting off the train, all fucking cloaked, and even nervous around Xavier and Gene and Scott in the institute. Nothing but smiles, jumping up on the table and dancing, ready for the beach, wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt. Just how happy he is. What a happy kid he is. Oh my god, this is absolutely my favorite iteration of Nightcrawler ever. Yeah, just how happy he is to be himself around people. And he can't even completely be himself, you know, because, again, like we're talking as if we have no reason to believe that the general public has any idea what mutants are, and they don't. So mutants are being completely closeted, especially these teenagers. Partially, sure, but by choice. But also, you imagine Xavier um, is kind of like, listen, we need to keep our gifts sort of a secret right now. Um, He's keeping them closeted. Like, this dude could be like, okay, let's all together go out and, you know, talk to politicians officials or whatever we need to do to let people know that we're mutants and mutants exist but but they're not they're still closeted but honestly with this government and any government that's existed in past lifetimes i i would be closeted i would not come out at all because it would be extremely dangerous not just because of the general public but i'm sure the government would also try to exterminate you (laughs) Yeah, and and I mean, you know, I mean, I mean that that is how it's played out in the comic books, and also how you know that's played out in real life with minorities. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not saying that staying closeted is a good thing. What I'm saying, as I'm just stating it as as a fact, that's what's happening now. Yeah, yes, to, to these teenagers in the show, and as unfortunate as being closeted is as a thing that we don't live in a society where everybody is just accepted. It it works for the show. It works. It's understandable. You can relate this to real life. And, you know, getting back to the characters, you know, Kitty, you know, seems kind of, she's in an unfortunate situation at first, and it seems kind of silly. And we're introduced to her as as the same time as Lance. Um, So it's a shitty situation. But she had a couple of great moments throughout the first season. And again, I, I I have to just get back to how much I loved her in Grim Reminder with Mr. Logan. I really did. <laughs> I've loved Rogue throughout most of this when she finally decided a few episodes ago to join the X-Men. I mean, I thought she was great this whole time, but I'm I again I'm I'm very happy she's joined the X-Men. I love her aesthetic. I love her as a character. You know, she's the goth teen and and she's not like super powered rogue like like miss marvel has already happened you know this is this is a different rogue and i like this scott and gene are kind of like the model students and like i said i even like logan a whole lot in this in this show my 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 two complaints are unfortunately really storm just because she hasn't gotten much of a spotlight yeah she got all the anti-o in speed and spike but she didn't get a whole lot and spike you know, he was he's introduced as the basketball playing urban black kid stereotype. Like, ah, I know this was 2000 and it was a different time, but it literally it's just such a silly stereotype. It could have been anything else. But he also skateboards. Oh, and he skateboards. He hasn't gotten much of a spotlight yet. Anyway. Yeah, I do like Quicksilver, too. And I like Avalanche. Um, I think they're both really cute. You know, Mystique, I don't know. I feel like she's, you know, similar in everything that she's in, um, excluding those awful movies that we don't talk about. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence or? Uh... Yes. Okay. We don't talk about her. She's not Mystique. She's a terrible actress. Fine. Yeah. And obviously not this Magneto. But yeah, no, I really liked it so far. Um, Seeing all of, you know, the or most of the X-Men being, like, kids. I think that's really cute. I like seeing, like, that whole, like, slice of life thing where they're just, like, going through their everyday lives in high school and, you know, some nonsense comes up every so often, but they're still just students. And 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of this Gene. I I knew that growing up. That's why Jean wasn't my favorite character growing up because I thought she was so boring in the show and she was just like being a mom the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, I really, really loved um Kitty and Rogue in this show and also Nightcrawler because he's really cute. So I mean, from what I remember, the show definitely gets a lot better. Um, I don't think the first season was awful. I think it had a whole bunch of negative points, but it was generally, you know, fun. Um, also, part of me has to recognize that uh, in some way I'm looking through this with like, uh, I'm a little, nost- is it nostalgia blind or nostalgia goggles? I don't know how the fuck you say it, whether I can see or can't see. Some of it is is nostalgia. I know yeah. I was I was not a child when I saw this. I was, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> when I say 21, that was still 15 years ago for me. You know, I saw this 15 years ago and it just, it was so different from the comics and from the animated series that it blew my mind and I fell in love with it almost immediately. So I'm probably, you know, seeing this, you know, through a different lens and I'm trying to be, I'm definitely more critical of it now. Yeah. That we're, now that we're recording this when I first watched it when I was 21. But still, I, I do recognize that some of this for me is nostalgia because I do see, you know, there are a bunch of people, um, even friends, who are like, oh, epi- um, not episode, oh, season one was pretty bad or it wasn't that great. And I'm like, oh. No, this was all that I saw of it when I was a kid and I loved it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's just, it's got some shittiness in it, but it's it's still pretty good, I think. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings Evolution. Thanks for joining us, and remember to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and on Twitter at mutant musings. Join us for episode six in two weeks when we begin season two with growing pains and power surge. And until then, Magneto was right. Yeah.